Hi, I'm Tara Lynn of Geek Saga Entertainment here with my co-host Manny for the Geek Saga podcast series, 90s and Naughties Cringe Factor. This series focuses on some of those problematic teen movies or rom-coms from the 90s and early 2000s that we shoot as it a uh, love to hate or hate to love. Either way, I'm Manny, and for our fourth episode, we're chatting about the cringe factor of an iconic movie that is celebrating its 20-year release this year and has since been turned into a Broadway musical that was also just released as a film. And if you don't know what 2004 movie I'm talking about yet, you must be living under a rock these past couple of weeks. It's Mean Girls, y'all. Mean Girls drew inspiration from the book Queen Bees and Wannabes by Rosalind Wiseman, as well as writer Tina Fey's own high school experiences. Lindsay Lowen stars as Katie, a teen raised in Africa who moves back to the States with her parents and has to leap right into her junior year of high school and navigate its cliques. Befriended by outsiders Janice and Damien, Katie finds herself embroiled in a scheme to weasel her way into a popular girl group, the Plastics, and use her new position to take down the ultimate queen bee, Regina George. Unfortunately, Katie gets in a little too deep and almost loses herself in the process. But hey, don't worry. In the end, she gives a heartwarming speech about how great everyone is in their own ways, the Plastics disband, and relative social peace reigns. Anyway, we'll begin our discussion with a list of 10 things we hate about this movie, then suck it up and admit one to three things we actually liked in our these are all that section. We'll also rate Mean Girls on a cringe factor scale of one to 10 Zach Morris's before concluding with our watch this, not that suggestion for the episode. Before we get started, you can follow me and therefore all of the Geek Saga endeavors at A Geek Saga on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Manissimo Art. Last but not least, we hope that you'll check out the Geek Saga Entertainment Patreon. With 10 tiers ranging from $1 a month to $40 a month, it's a great way to support us and receive some fun perks in return, including early access to these 90s and naughties Cringe Factor podcast episodes. Check it out at patreon.com slash geeksaga underscore entertainment. And now it's time for 10 things we hated about this movie. Number one. Plastic stereotypes, dumb, rich, evil. Yeah, that's literally how Janice describes Karen is dumb, Gretchen is rich, and Regina is evil. I think it's the evil. exact quote is evil takes a new form in Regina George. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> great quote, great quote. Yeah. But as much as there are a lot of other worse things about this movie, but it is kind of, ugh, to me at least, that what it's saying here is that if you're conventionally attractive or care about your appearance, you can't be anything other than one, some, or all of those things in this movie movie yes that's not how life works <laughs> no definitely it feeds into that like high school stereotype because generally see i want to say that in high school there was definitely like you know if you were a really really pretty girl and i don't know how to say it conventionally pretty i guess you know whatever hollywood would find yeah. this person pretty like they generally had money at least for me growing up that's where that kind of came from it was like oh they're rich that's why they're beautiful you know and but we'd had the same thing too where it's like since they're pretty that means they're dumb and the evil part Part was more of like a like an incel thing oh well they don't find me attractive because they're evil <laughs> you know like to be fair to be fair the most attractive people at that age tended to also be popular i am not mm -hmm. that is always the case it absolutely wasn't i was good friends with a girl early in high school we kind of drifted apart as high school went on because we had very different interests but i was good friends with her early in high school and she was this just absolute knockout 
not popular at all. She was a very actually kind person too. There's nothing about this person that should make her not popular, but she mm. wasn't. In fact, a lot of people bullied her. Again, it's not all people, but in general, in high school, the story tends to be if you are conventionally attractive, then mm -hmm. you are likely going to be popular. It's like, this isn't entirely wrong. For sure, at least it wasn't for the 90s when I was in high school. And this was filmed in the early 2000s. So mm. I'm sure it was not too, too different. And again, based on, I don't know when the Queen Bees and Wannabes book came out, but it was late 90s or early 2000s. And of course, Tina Fey went to high school in like the 80s. So yeah. it's based on those time frames. And I think things are maybe hopefully a little bit different now. But the idea that everybody who, you know, like Janice, Janice, is a pretty girl but yeah. she's an outsider because she dresses kind of funky and her hair is kind of funky and yep. also Regina George talks shit about her you know but yeah. I don't know I just don't like the idea that if you're conventionally attractive or care about your appearance do your hair you do your makeup you dress mm. nice then you're obviously dumb rich or evil one or all three mm. I don't know about Karen honestly but Gretchen is rich and also a, a huge gossip and Regina is also rich <laughs> mm -hmm. so there's yep. that I mean we do have Aaron Samuels who is is also a very conventionally attractive dude he's like a sports guy sports go sports yeah sports go <laughs> your sports team, your team is number one yep. <laughs> however that song goes and he he actually does though he seems pretty chill and kind of like a nice guy but he's also really bad at maths He's got to be bad at something, you know, yeah, like, he can't no, be there's no total smart. package there. And uh, yeah, so speaking of Aaron Samuels being bad at maths, Katie playing into the whole girls have to hide their intelligence to be liked by guys thing is, well, so cringe. And she literally pretends to be bad at math, even though she's kind of like half a math genius. Yep. Just because yep. she wants to spend time with this guy. Whereas she could have been like, oh, this might be wrong. Like, you want to get together and we can like talk about some of these formulas and, and mathematical theories and stuff. Instead of playing that you're dumb, why don't you be like, hey, you're not dumb, but let me help you get a better grade in calculus. I think that really stems from that concept of the guy is like the strong ox and the girl is has to be helpless, you know, and that's mm -hmm. what attracts men to women. Oh, the woman has to be this damsel in distress and that's what makes them attractive to guys. Like, I don't know. I think it really falls into it. And certainly these movies love doing that. They always have to do that, you know, where it's the damsel in distress and that's how, oh, poor me, look at me, you know, like I need so much help. But yeah, I didn't like it. I will say going back to our very first episode where we talked about she's all that when Zach approaches Lainey and he's like kind of following her around and she's like listen I'm not smart I don't do that well in school I can't help you get better grades and he was like um I'm actually like practically valedictorian or I am valedictorian mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I don't need your help with my grades yep. <laughs> that movie kind of turned out a little bit on its head but yeah as a smart person who you know in high school obviously still identified as a smart girl it's always gonna make me when people hide their intelligence because they think it's going to make them more attractive that is something i can say i have never fucking done <laughs> yeah i've never done anything like that i've never been book smart or anything like that yeah i'm a good problem solver i couldn't tell you anything about algebra right but if your car broke down and you put me in front of it for 20 minutes i would probably figure out what's wrong with it this is where my knowledge is strong is that i'm really good yeah. at like problem solving so i've never been one for like super good at like book smarts or anything like that 
it did seem kind of weird that at the very least he was very assured of himself that he was good at calculus. (laughs) Like, I feel like he should have been like, why are you asking me for help? Maybe you should ask Kevin, the mathlete guy for help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it is Lindsay Lohan. You have to really give it that natural beauty that she has. If she was asking me, I'd be, oh yeah, I know all of this stuff. I am a master. Watch watch my maths yeah it's that's so good. true <laughs> watch my math it's so good <laughs> oh lord <sighs> oh my gosh okay so number three any non-heterosexuality is a joke or a slur this is one where the generations are different now because the one thing that I really appreciated about this movie is that those two characters, Janice and Damien, are really identical to two really close friends that I had in high school. The difference is that I think Janice is not gay in this one, but my two friends, they both were gay. Mm -hmm. And it was a guy and a girl, you know, and they were really cool. And we used to always poke fun at each other, you know, with stuff like this. I've never said anything that was like like derogatory or stuff like that. So the concept of like telling someone, oh, you know, you're too gay to function. I didn't take it as bad because it's like, well, if you're really close friends with them, you always fuck with your friends. You know what I'm saying? And you're not yeah. doing it from, from a place of hate, which is also why I kind of was like, yeah, like when Katie had said it and put it in the book and then Janice was like, hey, only I can say that. You know, like I totally got that. And I love that that was in there, you know, because it's like, yeah, it's true. Like you can fuck with your friends, but no one can fuck with your friends. So, well, I think that when Katie says it, she just says it gets like, like verbal diarrhea it just kind of comes yeah. out of her. yeah he's he's almost too gay to function Regina's like that's good put it in the book and Katie in her head yeah. immediately thinks oh maybe that's only okay when Janice says it and it's like I mean you're supposed to be Damien's friend too so if it's okay for Janice it should be okay for you but not in front of these people not for in sure. front of these people exactly exactly or we're gonna you know use it against your friend and then there's the other one Janice says like uh you outgayed yourself yeah <laughs> to Damien and you're right I think that there is some generational slash time period stuff going Mm -hmm. on here but at the same time even back then while it was more acceptable should it have been Mm, probably maybe not not. yeah i think (laughs) it's like one thing so when i was younger i was always short i mean i'm still short as hell but i was always short people always would say stuff and and when i got older my friends were just like they would just kind of say shit to like make me feel better about it and i'm like what are you talking about like i love that i'm short i absolutely love that i'm short like i wish i was shorter sometimes i fucking love it you know what i'm saying i have little baby hands and baby feet i wear a size six and a half in men's and i and i love it i'm like dude what are you talking about and i always think about that line from a game of thrones right when um Tyrion meets Jon Snow and he's like oh you're a bastard and he's like wear it on your chest so that way it can Mm -hmm. never be used you know against you and that's what I've always been like and I feel like a lot of my friends at the time who were gay and stuff like my two friends there they did that where it was like it can't be used against me it's not a slur to me you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying so it's like I don't know it was different but you're right even for back then it certainly probably wasn't okay and it was absolutely never okay for someone that who didn't know them to be saying shit like that yeah, for sure. Now on the more negative side of that, the part of this, it's it's a slur. Being non-hetero is a slur. Yeah. Janice Ian is a dyke, is just thrown around by, you know, yeah. Regina. So what are you going to do, I guess? But yeah. Also, that's one of those words that maybe it's one that's kind of been reclaimed recently. I don't mm-hmm. know. My kid told me the other day that the C word when you you tell somebody that they look like that it's like a positive thing or something along those lines and Dean and I were just like wait what 
okay uh we aren't ever going to do that but okay no. yeah it's like i'm not i'm not gonna partake in that but i'm glad that you're retaking the word and yeah claiming it for for something different you know and funny enough the word dyke i don't even think i've heard that in years like i actually forgot no, that me either kind of yeah existed and i saw this movie and i was like oh damn yeah because some people would call my other friend that and he used to piss us off because that's not right you know like we were yeah. not cool with that shit it was a slur absolutely and it is but again even if that's one of those things that even if they are using it in a positive light i ain't gonna use it <laughs> yeah yeah good for you for reclaiming it but it's not yeah. something i'm gonna throw around no honestly possibly even worse than that is regina essentially makes janice out to be a predator mm -hmm. with her whole story where she's like i decided janice was a lesbian because she was like in love with me and i can't have a lesbian at my bathing suit party uh that, uh, that goes back to that thing. Like, I remember being young, and if you had a gay person show up, they're like, oh, I don't want them hanging out with me. What if they're, like, checking me out naked? And I'm like, bro, what makes you think that you're attractive to them? Yeah. Just because they're a dude? Like, there's a lot of girls in this world that I am not attracted to. Come on, and you should know this. It definitely goes into that, which I feel was a big thing in the 80s, 90s, mm. and early 2000s was that. Just because there was someone that, like, all of a sudden it meant that they would like you. Like, no. Well, it's a huge thing now with with people who are transitioning or who have transitioned. A person who was assigned male at birth, they are female. And people are up in arms about them using the women's bathroom. And it's like, why? Usually, especially in the South, I'm sure you know this. There's like a thing about children involved in stuff. And it's like, no, mm -hmm. yep. no, no, y'all. <laughs> no. In the South, they make a big deal out of that. And they always like point out or they try to say that because they're trans, it automatically means that they're sexually deviant. And automatically it means that because mm -hmm. they use that bathroom, that it's going to be a fucking problem. And dude, anybody can walk in anybody's bathroom and, and cause damage. Anybody mm -hmm. can. You know how many times I've accidentally walked into the women's bathroom, used the bathroom, and then left and been like, oh shit, I was in the girl's bathroom. That that whole case for the bathrooms is, is ridiculous. You know? Oh, it's super fucking ridiculous. But it stems from this sort of mindset. And of course, Regina and Janice are in middle school when this all happened. And again, this is early 2000s, but ugh. obviously yeah. Janice would be coming to my bathing suit party to like check out girls and be weird is just so... Well, number four, Regina really loves the R word. <laughs> I guess to be fair in like a... How long is this movie? Like 90 something minutes? The three uses of mm. the R word and by R word, I mean the one that ends in arted. I'm not yeah. saying the whole thing because I hate that word. That said, mm. I know that like three uses in like 90 something minutes probably isn't that bad. But I thought it was prescient to mention that Regina is the only one who uses it. And yeah, yeah she she just throws it out there in like randomly different situations too. And I'm knocking points off this movie for that because I know it was yeah. 2004 and it was kind of a different time. But I don't know, man. I, actually, this kind of feeds into the next thing because there's... There's a lot of ableism in this movie. Yeah, I think that with that word, that's kind of fell into one of those words where people didn't realize what they're saying and stuff like that. That's one of those like it's one of those words that was just like a commonplace. Like everybody said stuff like that. I agree, but I think the fact that only Regina uses it and the way she uses it is what makes it extra mean. Which is this a movie called Mean Girls? So you know, yeah. but still, it was definitely fitting to her character to use mm -hmm. it. You know, mm -hmm. so yeah, absolutely.
Okay, the awful, no good, very bad stereotypes in the cafeteria scene where Dennis lists all of the cliques. Some of them are kind of whatever, I guess. There's the burners. That's one. That's whatever. It's not so bad. They're like the jocks, you know, like the athletes or whatever. Yeah, but in between all of those, and actually I think even more so, I think they're more highlighted at the beginning of the list and Mm -hmm. more obviously shown is ones like the unfriendly black hotties. Yeah, And I'm pretty sure that's the only time they actually show like a table full of African-American characters. And it's like, okay, so let's let's continue on with that stereotype about black people (laughs) being like standoffish or, or whatever. Exactly. Cool, exactly. Cool, cool, cool. Asian nerds. Ha ha ha. That one and is kind of still going today, I feel. I feel like that stereotype is still kind of going on today, you know? And like they say cool Asians after that, but the two people who are actually like really focused on at the cool Asians table, we'll get into yeah. that a little bit later. When we <laughs> talk about the gym teacher, hint, hint. Yep. <laughs> so, and then um, the desperate wannabe table has what I believe are the only two differently abled characters in the movie sitting at it. The girl in the wheelchair and then someone of small stature. Okay, those are the desperate wannabes. And I think it's also the, it might be the girl who's like, Regina punched her one time or something like that. I I think she's at that table too. But it's like, how are they desperate wannabes? That's why, Why are they the ones at the desperate wannabes table? And I don't just mean the two differently able people. Also, the one girl who was like, Regina punched me one time. It was awesome or something along those lines. I don't know. No, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that one. Then there's the, and this kind of leads directly into our next point, but the two tables, the girls who eat their feelings versus the girls who don't eat anything. So yeah, cool. Let's fat shame and or make fun of eating disorders. Because also like saying this is the girls who eat their feelings, that's also kind of like an eating disorder thing. Like you're depressed, so you're overeating. And of course, all the people at that table are heavier set. And again, yes, I recognize product of the times, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't mean I have to like it, particularly that it's punctuated by the girls who don't eat anything. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's super hilarious Mm -hmm. that all the girls who are like anorexic are sitting at the same table. Ha ha ha. I felt like that was just kind of them wearing the kid gloves. What they should have just said was like, hey, here's the eating disorder table. You know what I'm saying? Where everybody has eating disorders, you know, like I felt like they were trying to like sugarcoat it a little bit. And I'm like, "Mm." I think the thing that frustrates me the most about that is I think people were a lot more. I mean, people are still crude as fuck about Mm -hmm. people who aren't in that average or like skinny weight group these days. But at least the people I surround myself with try to be or are a lot more. I don't want to say accepting or open-minded because that's not really it. Myself and the people that I know are a lot more, yeah, whatever. They're just people. I don't give a fuck what you weigh. But I know in the early 2000s, that was still a big, huge no-no and it was very misunderstood and talked shit about and even et cetera, et cetera, whatever. My point being that eating disorders, particularly anorexia and bulimia, these are things that we had been way more open-minded about for a while at this point. Not a decade or something, maybe not even half a decade but like in the early 2000s the idea of having like anorexia or bulimia people knew what they were and were a lot more compassionate about them so for that to be like a joke about a click at this high school in, in a movie from 2004 
again, like a lot of these movies that we cover, a lot of this shit is like a product of the times. But this is one of those things where I don't feel like it was a product of the times. I feel like no. that was a shitty throwaway joke. It was a shitty throwaway joke because now that you say that, I think about it, I'm like, when did that movement kind of start? There was a fucking different strokes episode about bulimia back in the fucking 80s. I remember seeing that when I was a kid, you know, and that's what like kind of introduced it to me where I'm like, wow, people do that. You know, and then my mom like explained what that was to me when I was like a kid, you know, I was probably like, I don't know, seven or eight years old and they were doing it in the episode to bring awareness to it. Yeah. So let's face facts. You're absolutely right. This is something that was, it was like a cheap shot. Poor writing is what it was because this is clearly a thing that people are aware of this. You're right. That was not a product of the times in this one. Yeah, it's a thing that people were aware of and should sure as hell not have been made into a cheap joke anymore. Yep, agreed. But that uh, runs right into number six, which is, speaking of that last cafeteria scene stereotype, uh, there is so much fat and body shaming in this movie. Yep. We'll just start with the very first time Katie sits with the plastics, you know, the, the wannabe dieting. I'm only eating things with less than 30% calories from fat. I, I don't know if that's an exact quote, but I'm pretty sure that's about mm -hmm. what she says. That's about what she said, yeah. And of course, the hilarious part about that is that when Katie does the math and she realizes that the protein bar or whatever she's holding has a granola bar or whatever, has mm -hmm. like more than 30%, I think it's 40% yep. calories from fat. She's like, I'm going to go get some cheese fries. And it's like, okay, girl. And then even for the stuff that happens later in the movie, Regina's like, I need to lose three pounds. You know what? I've gained three pounds in the past week because I fucked up my foot running a half marathon last weekend and haven't been able to run. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it, but I also don't want to diet. So yeah. I get not wanting to gain weight, but also the whole like, I want to lose three pounds, girl, three pounds ain't nothing because that's about what I've gained in the past week. You can't tell a fucking difference. I don't, yep. I don't look like I am three pounds heavier than I was a week ago. <laughs> Dude, I fluctuate. I think I fluctuate about five pounds very periodically. You know, I'll get on the scale and then like the next few days I'm five pounds less and then I'm, oh, I'm five pounds more and I'm five pounds less. So yeah, that's the... When I go back to South Carolina, literally for any period more than like four or five days, I lose about five pounds. And it's not because I eat differently or work out more. In fact, I usually work out less. It's because it's so dry in California that mm -hmm. I retain more water and I drink a lot of water. So it's yeah. just all water weight, whatever, man. But going from that, when Katie goes over Regina's house, the first time they're literally all just standing in front of the mirror body shaming themselves mm -hmm. like i hate this about my body i hate that about my body and it's it's just yeah, that's weird <sighs> that's really weird you know and that one i felt like was the antithesis of what i'm going through right now right because i've spent so many years kind of like shaming myself and all kinds of stuff and i don't know what happened as cliche as it sounds like new year new me thing that's not what i set out to do but for some reason i got really drunk on new year's and something just clicked i had a paradigm shift where i was like holy shit 10 minutes ago i was totally looking at myself with disgust and now i'm looking at myself and being like hey you know what damn i got some pretty good fucking qualities dude so to watch them like look in the mirror and say these things about themselves i was like oh Dude. I think the thing that's weird to me is that they're standing in front of the mirror, all just announcing the things they hate about their own bodies in front of mm -hmm. each other. Is this like some sort of weird fucking ritual that they have to do? It's like on Wednesdays, we wear pink. Yeah, exactly. When we all, when we all get together at Regina's house, we have to stand in front of the mirror and list the things we hate about our bodies. The things we hate. And these are literally <laughs> like 
three or four of the like most beautiful women ever and they're just sitting here bashing themselves it's like i mean i know it's a movie you know what i'm saying but it's like still dude like come on I'm with you, not exactly on the like, oh, I just had this paradigm shift recently. But since I was in like my, let's say, uh, 25 to 27 age Mm. range, I became very comfortable with myself and my body. There have been times where I've absolutely felt uncomfortable with my body since my mid-20s. But even in high school, like there were things I didn't like about myself. In high school, I was very self-conscious about my giant feet. I was very self-conscious about my broad shoulders. You know, yeah, sure. There are a ton of things I didn't like about my body when I was younger before I accepted them. But I never stood in front of a fucking mirror and listed them And off. said it. No, gosh. It's like, why are you going to torture yourself like that? It's just fucking terrible, you know? And again, like, I, I get that it's a movie and it was probably just done for comedic slash also dramatic purposes. But yeah, bleh. yeah. Even worse than that, though, is uh, one of the things that's part of the whole like taking Regina down several pegs is making her gain weight. Yeah. And so Katie gives her those calteen bars. And mm. eventually Regina finds out from her new wrestler boyfriend or whatever he is. Oh, like Coach Carr makes us eat these when he wants us to gain weight and like move up a weight class. And it's like, cool. Cool. So one of the things you were going to do to this person who is obviously very mean to take her down a peg is ruin her hot bod by making her gain weight. This is what I was going to talk about earlier, but this is where I was torn. Okay. If there was nothing else about fat shaming in this movie, Mm -hmm. then I could have easily have written this off as, okay, Regina wants to look perfect. We're going to ruin that perfection. Then I would have been like, oh, Okay, it's not that being fat is bad because that's not the point. The point is, is that she doesn't want to have weight. So we're going to make her gain weight. We're going to give her the thing that she does not want as revenge. However, in saying that with all the other kind of fat shaming in it, that's where it's like, okay, you're just doing it because, yeah. Yeah, especially like when people start calling her a fat ass because Mm -hmm. she's gained like five pounds or something when she's still super fucking thin. Yeah. And then when she comes to the table and she's wearing sweatpants and they're like, you can't wear sweatpants. And she's like, nothing else fits me. And she's very clearly downtrodden by this. And Gretchen is like, you can't sit with us. Wow. She just was actually a little bit vulnerable to you guys who are supposed to be her friends. And yes, I know there's all the ins and outs of their creepy little friend group, click, Mm -hmm. whatever. But Jesus Christ, she was actually a little bit vulnerable there. And that's how. Yeah, I think that showing vulnerability is like the best way to make friends sometimes, you know, because it's Mm. like you get to see who like sticks with you and who's not wanting to like deal with it. And yeah, and that was, I think, probably the first time. I don't know if that was the only time, but in the movie where I actually felt bad for Regina. I just wanted to give her a hug. You know what I'm saying? And then her friends are like, oh, you can't sit with us. I don't know. Bonus. During the confession scene, when there's the the one girl is talking to her friend who she has talked shit about, and she was like, I don't hate you because you're fat. You're fat because I hate you. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, that- What was- What? That was weird, you know? like I still- Like, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't get that either. Who was it who said that again? I want to say it was this singular person in a wheelchair. Yeah, that statement would have made sense if it came out of Katie's mouth. Yeah, I know. It was from a random character to another random character. Yeah, I feel like that line, somebody shifted it in uh, Microsoft Word by accident, and it wound up in someone else's line when it should have been somewhere else. (laughs) Whatever it was, it was bad. However, not as bad as number seven. (laughs) Mm, Holy shit, the gym teacher. 
Dude. Okay, so let's let's start with the least worst things. Yeah, let's okay. start. Let's, let's, yeah, like when ahead, you first meet him, he's like, "Don't have sex, you'll get an STI and you'll die." Yeah, or it might be pregnant. I don't know. It varies. He says it a couple times throughout the movie. One time it might be pregnant. You'll get pregnant and you'll die. Maybe I could be wrong about that, but for sure, at least once, it's you'll get chlamydia and die. Yeah, I do remember him saying that you'll get pregnant and then you'll die. Okay, and, so I think yeah. I think the first time it's you'll get pregnant and die, and then the second time yeah. it's you'll get chlamydia and die, and then yeah. he can't even spell chlamydia. No, <laughs> he spelled it with a K. Okay, so for these there, I liked those because I felt like those were the most accurate to my high school experience. Don't have sex because you're going to get pregnant or you're just going to get a disease and you're going to die, you know? Wait, what? And I think it just kind of falls in line with that uh, that entire uh, era of like after school specials. I literally remember that there was a commercial that I was the most offended by. And it was a marijuana commercial. Some girl and she's like, I smoked marijuana at this party and I didn't know what I was doing. And then I had unprotected sex and then I got AIDS. And it was literally like, smoke weed, get high, get AIDS. What the fuck? Like you guys went full mental on this shit you know oh, like, this, is, this is your brain this is your brain on drugs and it's like the fried eggs in the pan but they're literally only talking about marijuana yeah uh, and it's like you know how much pot i've smoked in my yeah. day my brain was never fried eggs it's no. still not i'm like bro <laughs> I'm like bro the weed's gonna make you want to eat some fried eggs you know you might oh, be a little hungry shit, yeah <laughs> you know but you ain't gonna be fried eggs <laughs> you know <laughs> I will say this. I was weirdly lucky, despite being from a super small town. I mean, my high school was like 550 students max at one mm -hmm. point. We actually had a really great health teacher. She would talk about abstinence as being the safest way to avoid mm -hmm. pregnancy and STDs, but it wasn't abstinence or bust. For like mid to late 90s, high school health education teacher in a farm town in Connecticut with yeah. 500 something students, she was A++. But yeah, speaking of Coach Carr, and ha ha, <laughs> as hilarious as it is that he is terrible at sex ed, Jesus Christ, then like we find out that he's actually messing around, not with just one student, but no. two students. Two of them. And they're juniors. And the, the fact that it's played off as a joke, why is it played off as a joke? It's never played off as a joke when it was a, you must remember there was, what, what was that one teacher's name that was, I, I'm sure you don't remember what the top of your head, but you know what I'm talking about. That one teacher that became like infamous because she had an affair with one of her students hmm. in like the 90s. It was like Mary something, I think. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. I can't right? remember the name. Yeah, but I totally remember that. It's like whenever yeah. it's a woman, it's like we're going to fucking rightfully so vilify this person rightfully mm -hmm. so but in this yep. movie it's made out to be like a joke it's kind of only a passing comment where it's like yeah coach Carr has been fired and is under like police investigation for his relationships mm -hmm. with female students but even then it's like it's a joke until it's not and then even when it's not it's just kind of a throwaway this is the thing that's happening yep. let's focus on the weird comments about Ms. Norberry yeah. being a pusher and possibly like selling drugs which would also be bad if it was true but uh yeah but still no one's forcing you to take drugs even if you're pushing it you know what i'm saying but literally two underage women are getting assaulted in essence you know so it's like dude i almost feel like this is more underplayed than fucking the teacher in never been kissed 
Oh God, yeah, yeah. Like it was we very, just yeah. that was our last episode, and going into this one and like writing out these points, I was like, Oh God, we're doing this again already. Here we go again. Yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> like I'm laughing, but it's also not funny. <laughs> no, yeah, no, man, yeah. That's how I felt when I was uh, watching it. I was like, Oh, here we go again. Here it is. Oh God. And side note, the fact that both of the students that he assaulted are Asian, and also I'm pretty sure they're the only named asian female characters in the movie yep so this is just so problematic in so many ways even in addition to the whole student teacher physical relationship thing yuck 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 i can't yuck this enough negative negative ten thousand points (laughs) yes agreed agreed All right. There's nothing more to say about that other than this is gross. The fact that it's at first played off as a joke and then is kind of just brushed off as like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was fired and now he's being investigated. Um, Let's get back to Ms. Norbury possibly pushing drugs, even though she's totally not. I got one for you. Janice is in fact a mean girl. Discuss. I have so much to say about this. A, sure, it seems like Janice is merely scheming to ruin the reputation of ultimate mean girl Regina, which is still problematic in and of itself in some ways. But B, what she's really doing is using Katie to enact her revenge plot on Regina because Regina personally wronged her or being Janice. C, and then after manipulating Katie into taking the lead role in her own plan, Janice ditches Katie when she gets in too deep rather than, I don't know, trying to help her out of the situation that Janice at least partially slash maybe mostly got her into in the first place. And D, in the end, Janice is still treated as one of the heroes of the story and never gets any sort of comeuppance for being, well, a mean girl. Yeah, my thoughts are the same exact thing, like right off the start. Number one, why do you give a shit that much? get your friend involved and like the new girl also you know so you're manipulating this person to begin with right because they're new they're trying to just fit in and i know what it's like to move to a new school it's really fucking stressful and really dramatic so then this girl is like oh no we're gonna take her down it's like why don't you just take her down why are you gonna get this innocent girl involved and you're right she gets in totally too deep you're not even gonna help her out through this when i say katie gets in too deep katie is losing herself in this whole situation that Janice originally manipulated her into. And when Janice decides she doesn't like who Katie is anymore, she's just like, well, fuck you. Come on, man. You kind of facilitated this. I'm not saying it's entirely her job to fix it because some of it is Katie's fault too, for Mm -hmm. sure. But hi. No, and it's funny because there was a line in the movie where I, I think it was Regina that said it, that like she created Katie. No, Janice created Katie. Fuck yes. That is perfect. That is that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because she would have never have gone with Regina's shit at all if Janice didn't say, yeah, you need to like do that. So in the end, it's Regina took the bait. Sure. But didn't create fucking Katie. I think that if Regina was just trying to do shit with Katie to get Katie to do it, Katie wouldn't have done it. She did it because Mm -hmm. of Janice. Janice created her. And And then got pissed at the end, you know, when she's all like, whatever, and, you know, and flipping her off and all this shit. And it's like, dude, you created that monster. That's your monster. To be honest, Katie going and being BFF still with Janice. I mean, and Damien to an extent, but way more so Janice for sure at the end was kind of like, I don't know if I would want to be friends with that person that manipulated me into getting into this situation. But, you know, and also, again, like I said, she never gets a comeuppance. No. She's treated as a hero. You helped take down Regina George, Janice, with your evil plot, I guess. Yep. Talk about evil. 
Um, hmm, don't get me wrong. I understand where Janice is coming from to an extent, obviously. Mm -hmm. Regina was one of her best friends. Regina was super awful to her. And also by being super awful to her, kind of made her an outcast to other people, not just the plastics, but to a lot of other people and said terrible things about her. Listen, I am not uh, giving Regina a pass on this at all. But I think that it's just not really talked about how Janice actually was a mean girl. The difference is like the plastics are mean in that petty, catty, Mm -hmm. popular girl sense. Janice is mean in that calculating I'm going to ruin this person's life sense and having um, known people that are on the Janice side even in my adult life I uh, I gotta say I think I think Janice is as bad if not worse in some cases well it's funny when they talk about dumb rich and evil Janice is evil mm-hmm. she totally manipulated Katie to do this she was fighting a proxy battle with Regina and totally willing to sacrifice Katie in the process just to get her revenge. Regina didn't do that. Regina was just kind of a bitch and kind of like a rich girl, easily ignored, easily ignored. You know, you could have just been like, you know what? Forget Regina. I don't care about it. You can sit in your table with all your people or whatever, and who cares? It could have just ended like that, you know? But she was exacting revenge. And instead of exacting revenge through her own means, she used someone else to do it. That's evil. That's manipulation. Yep, yep, yep. And again, I understand that Janice has her reasons, but it doesn't really seem like Janice's standing in her little friend group or in high school in general was super affected by what Regina did. Maybe it was early on, but like nobody talks about Janice other than Janice. Even Regina doesn't talk about her until Katie brings her up or she sees Katie talking to her. Which almost makes it worse because it makes it more petty on Janice's side. If Janice was living like a fucked up ruined life because of Regina, okay, that's a different story. But now you totally manipulated Katie. You have Katie putting chemicals on her face that are meant for like someone's feet. And then now you're having her eat whatever calorie bars for a person who's not working out on top of it, which is not good. Okay. It's not even just that it's going to get them fat. It's literally not good. You're actually doing their body harm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just to exact revenge on on, on what? It comes off 10,000 times more petty than what it actually kind of, kind of is. I mean, you know? and, and to be fair, Regina is cheating on Aaron, but mm-hmm. they don't know that when this Mm-mm. whole thing starts. So the whole getting rid of the hot boyfriend thing is also kind of, yeah, I understand why Janice seems like a very relatable character, Mm -hmm. but as somebody who has far more recently than I would like to admit been a victim of people trying to manipulate others into thinking I am bad Mm -hmm. for ridiculous reasons, it's kind of like, oh, okay, you seem like a good person. Oh, wait, no, you're actually a terrible person. Maybe the people around you should think. And uh, uh, this is high school, okay? These are high school students. I get that there is a lot of like uh, not understanding Mm -hmm. adult concepts and stuff like that. But yeah, it's fucking terrible. And it leads Katie into a bad place that she, I actually don't think she ever would have gone to if it weren't for and and I know that, yes, Regina is like, oh, Aaron. And she's like messing with Katie because she knows Katie likes Aaron and whatever. I'm not at all saying Regina is a good person. No. But the way that Janice plays this, like you said, it's more evil 
than yeah, she because, gets credit for. Yeah, they made it so the normal people watching the movie can relate to Janice, right? Mm -hmm. Because that she was wrong. But I'm going to say this. Relating to Janice, to me, is the same thing as having a bad day at work and then playing Grand Theft Auto. Oh, you know what? Hey, even Red Dead. You're a Red Dead person. Yep. So, okay, so let's even do that, all right? So same company anyway. So you go and you're in a bad mood and you say, howdy, partner to that guy on the horse. And the guy's like, leave me alone. And then you're like, oh, fuck this. And you throw the last at him and you start dragging him on your fucking horse right that doesn't make it right the guy was an asshole but he was just an asshole what i think it is is that a lot of people relate to janice because when you're wronged you do sometimes mm. if you're that type of person which not everybody is want that revenge on somebody i'm not really that type of person i'm a karma type of person that's how i am i don't need to talk shit i don't need to blast your personal business well first of all it's wrong to blast people's personal business like if you were best friends with somebody and they told you something in confidence and then you blast their personal business you're a bad person yeah they told you shit in confidence i don't care how bad they wronged you you do not go out and blast their supremely personal shit that they told you when you were friends yep exactly ever period ever, you don't period. do that and Janice didn't really do that, to be fair. But it's a lot of the like, oh, well, it's okay that Janice did it because she was hurt and wronged. And Regina is also a bitch. Yeah, Regina's a bitch. But <sighs> I don't know. There's like a level of Regina being a bitch to Janice in middle school. And honestly, really being awful with the dyke comment. And mm -hmm. the I'm not going to invite her to my party because she's a lesbian and I can't have her around my friends who are in bathing suits. Like, yeah, it's yeah. fucking awful. But to take that to the extent of like, I want to ruin this person's life. Mm hmm. Just move on with your life, child. Of course, this is high school. Again, yeah. I get that. I get the immaturity. Like, we're, we're much older. So looking back on this, it's like, oh, God. I mean, I don't think I would have done that in high school either because I don't think I have that in me. Nah. But still, people did stuff like that. But it's kind of like saying, like, this person hurt me. So I'm going to fuck them over in every way possible. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's not right. There are very few reasons reasons that somebody could give another person where it would make that I don't even want to say right where it would make that understandable mm -hmm. in my opinion it I think for me, it was like when I went through high school and stuff like that, and in particularly after high school, that was where I kind of had like a really adult or post teenage paradigm shift to where I kind of realized that I kind of dropped my ego. I got into Taoism for a long time, you know, so I, I dropped my ego to where people wronged me. I was like, I just believed in karma where I was like, whatever, I don't care because whatever happens to you at this point on in your life and you fuck up your own life, my hands are clean. I didn't do anything. If I sought revenge after you, yeah, the blood is on my hands. Even though I was wronged, it doesn't mean that I can go and wrong you just because you've wronged me, right? Yep. And from that, from dropping that ego, I learned that vengeance wasn't a thing for me and neither was closure, funny enough. I don't care. Like to this day, like I don't seek closure for anything. I just cut it out of my head like a cancer. I don't let anyone take up real estate in my brain. It's as simple as that. I have enough shit in my brain to begin with. I don't need people living there that, that don't need to be there, you know? Snap, snap, snaps. I agree. <laughs> Moving on to number nine, all of the slut, the slut shaming. shaming. Again, this is a 
blah, blah, blah. I'm sure it's kind of a product of the time and all, but still. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about Regina being like, boo, you whore. That's just silly. My sisters and I, since before this movie even came out, have been (laughs) referring to each other as well we don't say slut we say sweat (laughs) you sweat you whore and obviously we do not think of each other this way we are not actually calling each other these names yeah yeah with us it's a joke and when regina is like boo you whore it's like Mm -hmm. obviously a joke yeah but there's a lot of slut shaming in this movie there's no point in even listing them all because it's fucking constant yep yep I'm trying to even think back on other pertinent examples, but the only one that really stands out to me right now is <laughs> when Ms. Norberry tells the girls to stop using negatively charged sexual turns because it just makes it okay for guys to call you those things. But that... um makes it sound like it's entirely on the girls to change so that the guys will treat them with respect. So how about no? Even if we ignore all of the many times in this movie that it's like, she's a slut, blah, 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 blah. Mm Because it happens many fucking times. Honestly, probably too many to count. But that comment by the teacher, okay. Yeah, girls, stop referring to each other this way so guys will stop doing it. Fuck you. Exactly. I mean, it's just a heartbeat away of saying, well, then just don't dress like that and you won't be called a slut. You know, like it's putting responsibility mm-hmm. on women when it shouldn't be at all. Maybe the guys just shouldn't call girls sluts. How does that sound? But also, maybe they shouldn't call each other sluts. Even for Halloween, when Katie is like, I didn't know that Halloween was like a time when girls get to dress like sluts. They dress sexy. That's the way we always saw it. Because, yeah, Halloween, like growing up in high school, that was what Halloween was, right? Halloween was the time for the girls to dress up sexy. But that's the way we always referred to it. We never referred to it as like, oh, they're dressing slutty. No, they're just dressing up sexy. And like we go to high school, you know, they have to wear pants and like long sleeve T-shirts and all this shit. Like let them break free for one fucking day, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, like what's the big deal? I'm a sexy mouse. I got to give props to uh, Amanda Seyfried on this because she's just great. I've always, always been into her acting. I think she always does a really good job. I don't know. There's something about like her, her, her mannerisms or something, just the way she like, I don't know. She's able to pull these kind of things, these kinds of things off because, yeah, she was supposed to be like the dumb one, but she did a really good job of being like the dumb one. She always seems very earnest. And I think that's why she played Karen really well, because Karen might be dumb, quote unquote, but she is very earnest. And to be honest, I'm not even sure she's actually a mean girl. I don't know that Karen is mean. I don't think that she is a mean girl. I was going to say, like, I don't know why she was there the whole time. She's a follower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... She's a follower. Absolutely. But no, she pulled off the character. The thing is, is about I'm going to say, Freddie, is that she just she just knows how to pull things off. Like, I felt like someone just told her we need this. to We need you to be kind of like the dumb one. And she just didn't even rehearse for it. I just imagine her being like, oh, yeah, sure. OK, I'll just do it. I saw that Hulu series, the dropout that was based on. Um... Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that, too. So that if you're familiar with that story, I would recommend watching a documentary based on the real person and then watch the Hulu one. And when you watch the Hulu one, you're going to see how Amanda Seyfried is an actual acting genius. 
she pulled this girl off so perfectly, the voice, everything about it. And I was absolutely blown away because I was following that story. I completely agree. She is fucking amazing. And that, yep. to be honest, I've never disliked Amanda Seyfried. She's done great in a lot of things. Like I said, I think she's great in this. I think her earnestness is what really mm -hmm. sells it for me as Karen, which seems kind of weird maybe, but I don't think Karen's actually a mean girl. We're getting into the good things. Okay, okay. Reese. Reset, reset, reset. <laughs> we were talking about the slut shaming. It's all really bad. Before we conclude this point, I just want to say maybe this bit doesn't even go here. See what I did there? <laughs> but um, Kevin, mathlete guy, his casual sexism is also worthy of a mention because it's basically brushed off because he's a nerd. Because he's a nerd. Yep. Last but not least, number 10. Overall, this movie just makes it seem like all women hate and are awful to each other all Agreed. the time. Sure, girl-on-girl -girl crimes, gossip, talking behind each other's backs, slut-shaming, etc. absolutely exist. And absolutely exist more so in high school than later in life. But even with Katie's big speech and the apparent changes in many characters' behaviors in the end, the overall narrative is in and of itself mean to women who even in high school are not, for instance, at each other's throats all the time or, uh, I don't know, getting into cat fights over men. Over men it's yeah. like literally portrayed this way mm -hmm. with the we're like animals scenes. Yep. This is something I often thought about where it came, like, I don't know, like, I don't want to say that the difference between men and women because it's so dynamic. But I felt like when I was in high school with guys, the concept of gossip between guys never lasted long because generally one guy would say something and then the other guy would be like, oh, this guy's talking shit. And then they would go fight. And then after they fought, it was kind of done. There wasn't a lot of time for anything to simmer. It was just like, oh, this guy's calling me out. We're just going to fight right now. Literally, it was like any type of rumor or anything never really really got beyond two or three steps, I guess, from somebody you knew. It was just like, oh, this person is fucking saying shit. Okay, well, no problem. I'm going to go confront him right now, and then we're just going to fight about it. And then after we're done fighting, it just kind of ends there, and that's the end of it. I always wondered if that was the difference of, with women, and obviously not all women, but I guess since they're not prone to just straight violence, because most guys are kind of prone to just kind of violence, right? Like, okay, this person's saying stuff, I'm going to prove myself right now by just... I think it's less about violence, and it's more about confrontation. We as mm -hmm. women are taught that confrontation is bad. You don't confront people literally ever. I identify as non-binary, but the majority of my life, particularly obviously in high school, I identified as a girl um, because mm -hmm. that was the only thing I was allowed to identify as for a yeah. long time. Yeah. But I think a lot of it is about as a woman, you are not supposed to be confrontational, not just mm -hmm. with men, but with other mm -hmm. women too. You don't want to be perceived as a bitch. You don't want to be perceived as nagging. You don't want to be perceived as this. You don't, there's a lot of that. You don't want, you don't want to be perceived as aggressive, God forbid. So there's so much passive aggressive shit, particularly when we were young. I hope it's better now. I think that there have been some positive gains in mm -hmm. that, but I mean, I'm not a kid, so I don't know, but for sure yeah. in my adult life, like I fucking refuse to cotton to all this shit. I would rather walk away from something than be passive aggressive. Yeah. There are times when I have even walked away from defending myself in situations where I should have 
But also, I'm still friends, like good friends with several people I was friends with in high school. The ones I'm not really friends with anymore, mostly is just due to time and distance, Mm -hmm. not because anybody was wronged by another person or there was some big bullshit going on, whatever. And I think that's kind of like looking at this movie. It's like, no, we weren't at each other's throats all the time. Yes, some of it, maybe there should have been some confrontations, but very rarely was that actually the case and the way and i know that this is the theme of the movie is katie has come back from africa and she sees everybody in this sort of like predator and prey and the wild that's what all those scenes are about but yeah the problem with that is it when she's in the mall it's like kind of funny because it's like she's watching the people like Mm -hmm. pick at each other's hair like they're monkeys or apes and that's fine that's whatever but then later when she sees regina kissing Aaron Samuels at the Halloween party she imagines like this whole literal like cat fight between them and it's like Mm -hmm. ah girl getting into cat fights over men can we just can we just not yeah can you just not do that it's degrading within itself over yeah yeah and again high school but i've experienced weird shit like that in my adult life where it's like nobody wants this guy that bad sorry girlfriend (laughs) i think in high school it's a little bit more like yeah it's more probable that something like that would happen you know you might not actually do it but you might think about it but as an adult it's like nah (laughs) <laughs> I'm beyond this. Yeah, it's like, nah. None of you are that. worth this shit. <laughs> nope. Nope. Well, I think it's time for the next uh the next section. Did you want to tackle the rules apply to everyone but me or okay? I guess if we want to give some honorable mentions, I will say that Regina's motto is basically the rules apply to everyone but me. And also I'm still unsure if the plastics becoming leaders of their own separate groups at the end means they actually learned anything. Or are they just going to perpetuate the clickiness only with these different groups slash people? Who knows? They're just going to perpetuate the clickiness. That's yeah. it. In an ideal world, it's like, okay, you guys separated yourself from clicks to genres to where it's like, what am I into? And that's who I'm going to hang out with. And everyone is yeah. welcoming. Like in an ideal world, yes, that would have been great. However, with these people, no, they just created more clicks. That was it. To be fair, Regina being on, I think it's a lacrosse team. Yeah. Um, and, get it, and getting like also. just kind of beaten up. I, she yeah. easily had, I think out of all the characters, she had the best ending. Yep. Where I was like, she was on the lacrosse team and I was like, fuck yeah, girl. Hell yeah. Like getting her ass kicked and kicking ass. I was like, <laughs> fucking perfect. Yeah. Channel that anger, girl. <laughs> like channel that anger, right? I think that some people get caught up doing stupid things and being stupid people. And I think that happens because they're not where they're supposed to be. That's all it is, you know? And once they get in there, you realize, oh shit. Okay. Like the reason I was so bitchy or I was mean or anything like that is because I wasn't in my natural environment where I was supposed to be. And that's why I was like that. So yeah, when I see her in the cross and then even when she's like walking past them and like says hi, she just seems like a 100% normal person. See, that's where you belonged. And even Karen, I don't even know if she even has like a new group. She's just like the weather, the quote unquote weather. (laughs) Quote unquote weather girl. Like I'm standing in the rain, feeling my boobs. Yeah. It's a 30% chance that it's raining. (laughs) Gretchen is the one I'm kind of like, eh. Yeah, Gretchen is the one that's like weird. At least with Karen is like, damn, she looks so happy doing that. You know, like, come mm-hmm. on, dude. Keep All she ever wanted to be was happy. That was it. Exactly. I, yeah, I feel the most for Karen because I don't actually think she was down no. deep a mean girl. 
Mm-mm. No, she was not. She just got lost in there is what happened. But no, she's definitely not a mean girl. All right. Well, all that said, now it's time for us to dig deep for a few things to add to our these are all that list. The acting is basically all top notch. Oh, yeah. Zero complaints. Everybody is great in this movie. Everyone's perfect. Yep, that was great. We went off a little bit about Amanda Seyfried earlier. Lacey Chabert as Gretchen. Great. Totally believable. Uh, All the characters are believable. Uh, Rachel McAdams. I forever. Iconic. Yeah, she's just she's just an icon to me at this point. Every movie I've seen in her, I just love watching her. She is such a fantastic actress. Yo, she is badass in True Detective season two. Oh, I've Um, not seen that. Wow. So Dean had seen season one and season two of True Detective. I had never seen them. I will say True Detective season two is nothing compared to True Detective season one. I think people shit on True Detective season two way more than they should just because it wasn't similar to the first season. And Rachel McAdams, I I mean, I've seen her in a billion things. I've never disliked her in a single thing I've seen her in, but she is great in True Detective season two. She's not even the same person. Is this Regina George? No. Whoa. How is this the same person? Which is, that's what proves that she's a fucking great actor. She's a, yeah, she's so fucking good. I mean, but thinking about most of the stuff that I've seen her in, I've just been like, she's fucking great. I love watching her in a fucking, like on a movie, a television show, whatever. I just love watching her. Like, she is so good, man. And I know that Lindsay Lohan had a rough time. I don't know exactly when it started, but like not long after this movie, or maybe, I don't know, actually, it might have been a few years after this movie she started having a really rough time but let's be real Lindsay lohan was always a good actor yeah no always great i remember when my kids were younger i showed them you know when i was a kid we used to watch herbie right and then she did the herbie movie and i was like oh that's cool and i showed the kids the movie and i I even enjoyed it and my eldest because he was real young at the time absolutely loved him he watched the movie like 10 times a day like just nonstop. you know she was good and and most of the stuff that she was doing at the time everything was good you know like she was great at all of this shit i think her character had like the weakest writing and like character arc in this movie and she still did a fucking bang ass job with and it. she did great and you know what Lindsay Lohan has really great facial expressions mm-hmm. really great facial expressions when she wants to look surprised and I thought about that when I was watching this movie so there's a scene <laughs> talking about Herbie now but it made me think of it when I was watching this movie that there's a scene when she's in the bug she's driving next to this dude's car and the rearview mirror comes out and like scratches it as she's driving past the way the camera angle is and she's looking down and is like really surprised you know I thought about that when I was watching this movie because I was like damn you know what she's just really good at facial expressions i can really see what's going on in her head just by the way her face looks so yeah kudos to her man she's absolutely fantastic with that and again most of the stuff i've seen her in i've always enjoyed it and yeah i know that i know that she had hit a rough spot but i'm pretty sure i think she bounced out of it already i think she's like doing better now so oh yeah i think she's got a family a kid if not kids she was in a christmas movie on netflix that was an absolutely ridiculous netflix christmas movie but Mm -hmm. she was good in it i applaud Lindsay lohan for being a child actor who obviously got like the rough end of the stick was fucking great in this movie like i said i think the way her character was written was the weakest of all of the characters by far and she did a good job with what she was given you can tell that she didn't have a ton of material to work with but her acting ability and everything is what kind of brought you into it just the sign of just a great actor right there 
The other one is this movie is supremely fucking quotable. Yep. This is just a few of the ones that I have used in life just for funsies. But Mm -hmm. you go, Glenn Coco. Come on. And also, I will say this. I never noticed that Damien was handing those candy canes to a boy. (laughs) Glenn could be a girl's name, too. So in in Glenn Coco, it sounds like a girl's name. So I think it was a girl. And then I watched it again for this episode. And I was like, fuck, it's a boy. Yep. (laughs) You go, Glenn Coco. Uh, That's why Uh, her hair is so big. It's full of secrets. Yep. Uh, stop trying to make fetch happen yeah stop trying to make fetch happen is one that i yeah i still use that one to this day when it's somebody just trying to make something else popular and you're just like no please stop and also she doesn't even go here (laughs) yep and there are so many more honorable mention too on october 3rd he asked me what day it was (laughs) it's october 3rd and the fact that every october 3rd my nerd friends always share the meme (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with that and a fucking full metal alchemist <laughs> yep. which is like the worst yep. it's the worst and also if you don't know what full metal alchemist is and the october 3rd i guess google it but maybe don't because you probably don't want to know it's you really bad know. yeah you it's don't really want to know oh god but oh right like supremely quotable this movie easily quotable absolutely even fucking coach car don't have sex you'll get pregnant and die <laughs> and die <laughs> <laughs> also, this movie, Mean Girls, might be problematic, but it is probably one of the less... No, it is. It is one of the less problematic movies yeah. of the 90s and early aughts. Yeah, and I will say that, that I was kind of surprised that this one was kind of brought to the table because I knew that there was some problems with it, but compared to what we've already gone through, and I guess maybe we just we just had to wash the last one out of our mouth, you know, and do this one. But this one, it definitely had its problems problems but this one felt more like watching a movie i guess i can say yeah it was different you're completely right and the reason this well and also after watching never been kissed and how we're just like god this is so terrible we need to do a better movie next time yeah better this was a and and we had a list of ones that we were looking into but with the new mean girls movie coming out in theaters i was like uh we we gotta capitalize on this it makes sense (laughs) not not even sorry not even sorry and yes it it is problematic there are a lot of problems with this movie some of which are the times for sure but the times but this is one of those ones that kind of rides the border i'm like because this was already 2004 this is like creeping in there because it's not like everybody woke up one day and decided to be more aware it was a building it was it was a gradual build to it yeah and this was already within that timeline that people were kind of getting there, you know? So it, yep. it was kind of weird to kind of see some of the stuff that was in this movie. Yeah, especially if you haven't watched it in a while and it's like, whoa, not whoa in the way that like Never Been Kissed or Can't Hardly Wait or She's All That was like, Ugh. it's definitely not on those levels. But yeah, it needs an update. <laughs> Yeah, and that's why I'm curious about the new one, because I'm curious how that one... Again, even with it needing an update, it was still ahead of its time. And it Mm -hmm. was kind of an answer to, like, all of the overly sexualized, like, the American pies. And and it did a good job of that. 
I mean, yeah. and that's why this movie is never going to go out of style. We can say like, yes, there are problems with this movie, but this movie is never going to go out of style. No, no, absolutely not. I felt like this movie's heart was in the right place is what it was. And I think that to me, it makes it a little different where it's like, yeah, it was problematic, yeah. but it wasn't like these other movies that were like, can't hardly wait. There was oh, things God, in that movie yeah. that I, that I felt like were just, they were just saying shit to say shit and they didn't really <laughs> care. I felt like, well, to be fair, I'm, I'm pretty sure when we discussed that movie we talked about the fact that it was literally just like thrown together <laughs> yeah it was just thrown together anyway <laughs> let's just nonsense yeah. a movie exactly here you go <laughs> exactly <laughs> i felt like watching this one i felt like its heart was in the right place to where it's like okay yeah it has some scars of the time but at least its heart was in the right place it was trying to do the right thing i guess you know so no i agree i agree I think it's time to rate Mean Girls on a scale of 1 to 10 Zach Morris's, with 1 being the least worst and 10 being the worst worst. This is a hard one. It is. I think I'm going to go low on this one. I'm going low on this one. I think it's like a 5. I was going to say a 4. I was going to say a 4. I was like, this is probably about a 4, you know, yeah. because I didn't want to give it a 5 because that still puts it in a 50-50 radius, and I didn't feel like the problematic stuff was 50% of what I was watching because the movie was definitely more enjoyable than it was cringe because I was laughing yep. through it in some scenes and stuff like that. I was like, you know what? Because when I when I watched Can't Hardly Wait or Never Be Kissed, I was I was dumbfounded <laughs> with that because I was just overdosing <laughs> on the cringe at that point. But with this movie, I actually was just it was just really enjoyable because even if there are some things that are kind of questionable in it, you know, like we discussed earlier, everyone's acting ability is just amazing to watch to begin with, you know, so it just makes it all around kind of entertaining and, and good. So I'm, I'm I'm going to say a four. I'm going to go four. I think because my original thing thought was like a five, but I'm also like Meh, on that. I'm going to go like a 4.5. It's definitely got its cringy moments, obviously. But I also, like you said, there are so many things about it. The comedy, mm -hmm. the acting that just put it and even the cringy things, a lot of them are less cringe than and, and maybe that's <laughs> me. I'm more comparing it to the first three movies we covered. She's all that can't hardly yep. wait especially and never been kissed yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah 4.5 yeah i just felt like the other movies were cash grabs and i felt like this one and that's why when i had said earlier like this felt like an actual movie. I think mm -hmm. that's where that comes from is that I felt like the first three movies was like a cash grab to try to get people. And I said like, you know what, at least with this movie, at least, like I said, at least their heart was in the right place. Like they were trying to just make a good movie is what they were doing. And I can certainly see that and I can appreciate that. And more. again, the acting, there were a lot of really great pluses about mm -hmm. this movie. The writing, like I would never quote She's All That or mm, Can't Hardly no. Wait or yep. <laughs> Never Been Kissed. Next up. So finally, what's our watch this, not that suggestion? Okay, so the one thing that I'll say this is watch The Foundation. I just started watching that recently. I'm only like five episodes into it, and it's actually really good. So it's hard for me to sit down and watch things sometimes because I always try to like multitask, and I have a really hard time just sitting down and watching like a, a, a something without doing something else, right? So generally, I get a lot of art done, but I watch things that I've already seen before just to have background noise. So sometimes it's just difficult to sit down and watch something by myself. 
myself because I like watching things with other people. So that way, like while we're watching, we can kind of like bounce things off each other and like ideas like, oh, what do you think? You know, whatever that kind of keeps it going. I know that's probably more of a me thing, but yeah, I would say watch Foundation. Listen, I am all for Apple TV shows for all mankind. Don't even get me started on for all mankind. You, yeah, how- you had suggested that one. And that's why I got Apple TV because you had suggested I'm like, well, I'm going to get Apple TV for the year. So that way when I get to it, I'll like watch it. And then a friend of mine is like, oh, watch the foundation. And I went to look for for all mankind. And I just I hit the foundation by accident. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just watch this one first. Like whatever. You're missing out, you though. Know? But so, and also Ted Lasso. Oh, my God. I heard Apple Ted TV has some just fucking there. I heard they had some like park. gems in there because my family keeps talking to me about what's that one? I think it's called like severance or something like that. For me, I'm not a huge fan of the Mean Girls musicals music, but I would say if you can see the musical, go. If you can't, give the music a listen. It's definitely worth listening to. Also, even though I am a fan of musicals, I am also like really not a fan of movie musicals. I feel like they're (laughs) always very fucking weak compared to the actual live because they always cast actors who can like kind of sing but aren't Mm -hmm. actually the amazing singers that you see not just on Broadway but in the touring shows too but still go see the somewhat updated and more diverse 2024 movie musical of Mean Girls minor spoiler it's Janice is actually portrayed as queer plus she is Hawaiian and also Karen is Indian and also I will say this the person they got to play Katie while she is a lovely actress she cannot sing the way Katie sings in the musical which is a little disappointing but i still think it's worth it's worth a watch they updated some things you know Mm -hmm. the fashion some of the references are more like zenial or whatever the fuck it's called nowadays Whatever, whatever this new generation any last thoughts on anything yeah i think that this movie was interesting to watch again now that we've started doing this because now i'm kind of looking at it with a separate set of eyes i think mm-hmm. if i would have watched this movie just kind of on the regular you know before we started doing this i would have been like oh you know what yeah it was a cool movie and i probably would have just overlooked a lot of the problematic stuff because that was a lot of stuff that was present in my high yeah. school and i would have just been like oh this is just how it was whatever yep. and i would never have thought about it but in saying that yeah it, it has its problems but i i really feel like the movie was in its right place and it wasn't just trying to be a cash grab or anything like that i felt like it had good intentions to it you know mm-hmm. it's just that it just kind of went wrong but it's definitely deserving of a rewatch if you haven't seen it in quite some time i completely agree i mean this is the fourth movie that we've watched and of mm-hmm. the four movies that we've watched i think that this is the most rewatchable other than she's all that yeah she's all that would be like the second most maybe i'll watch that in 10 years or something you know but being <laughs> girls yeah i would definitely be able to watch that i think i saw that it was called a cult classic and i was like um no it wasn't a cult classic like cult classic means that it wasn't popular in its time it was super fucking it was popular yeah it was very popular i remember as we close out the episode, just want to give a shout out to our heroes to your patron, Tommy of the TKOK Podcast Network. Thank you so much for supporting us. And thank you to our listeners for joining us for 90s and Naughties Cringe Factor on Mean Girls. For the most current news and updates about this series, please consider backing our Patreon at patreon.com slash geeksaga underscore entertainment. Thank you for listening to the Geek Saga podcast. If you like what you heard, please check out other Geek Saga entertainment endeavors, including the Sagas and Sass webcast and podcast and Ice and Fire Con.